We are glad to make all of our Jcast Network podcasts free for our listeners. However, they are not free to produce and host. Please consider making a donation to Jcast Network to help support our work by visiting jcastnetwork.org slash donate. Thanks for your support. You are listening to Pop Torah with Rabbi Iznopf and Olitsky, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Pop Torah, the podcast where we look at pop culture from a Jewish perspective and look at Judaism through the lens of pop culture. As always, we are your hosts. I am Rabbi Michael Knopf. And I am Rabbi Jesse Olitsky. And today, a very special Hanukkah episode for you. We are talking about our favorite pop culture moments in Hanukkah, or our favorite Hanukkah moments in pop culture, our favorite Hanukkah-themed pop culture experiences. Hey, 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 Mike. Yeah. What did the Sufganya say to Beyonce? I don't know. What? I don't think you're ready for this jelly. <laughs> oh, man. I'll be oh, here man. all week. So it's going to be one of those episodes, is it? Uh, and hey, hey, and hey, just Mike. so everybody knows. Hey, Mike. Yeah, what, did, what did the Laka say when it was on the Obama campaign trail? I don't know what. Fried up, ready to go. <laughs> You're welcome. Who boy. Who boy. You are free to uh, turn off the episode now. Um, it's going to be like that, I think, for the rest of it. Uh, and a fair warning, another uh, reason that you might turn off the episode now. Um, neither of us are going to talk about the Rugrats Hanukkah episode. Um, too controversial. Uh, and, you know, <laughs> a Maccababy's got to do what a Maccababy's got to do. Uh, Jesse, how about you uh, tell us your first pick? My first pick, one of the more recent uh, experiences of Hanukkah in pop culture, very well may be the most influential song uh, Hanukkah song ever by my my good friend. He just doesn't know that I'm his good friend, David Diggs. Puppy for Hanukkah. Yeah, come on. You know what I want to. What you want? What you want? What you want? What you want? I want a puppy for Hanukkah. Mike, you know this song? I, I know this song. This song is the reason that my kids won't stop asking for a puppy. This is the reason that my kids started, and uh, a, a year later we ended up getting a dog. Right, you gave, I, you which gave, I regret. You gave in, yeah. I, I love him, but I regret it. Um, I, I love this song for so many reasons. Uh, this was a Disney Channel music video uh, last year around Hanukkah time. Um, December of 2020 really got us through a challenging pandemic Hanukkah. Uh, I loved it for so many reasons. Uh, it's uh, so true of the gift giving element that uh, you give your gifts for eight nights to your kids and they're mostly disappointed uh, because it's socks or a sweater or whatever. But I loved it because David Diggs, uh, as a Jewish performer, uh, sang uh, the blessings perfectly. Um, his Hebrew what was was great, and then he acknowledged he's like I learned it and trans I learned it as a kid in transliteration. Uh, Mike, what did you think of Puppy for Hanukkah? So I, I love Puppy for Hanukkah. I think it's a it's a great song, catchy, fun. I, I you know like I said, I'm a little bit 
annoyed that uh, it dropped uh, in such a way that it took over my home. Uh, my, my kids, I think, have mostly forgotten about it, uh, or at least forgotten about the song. Uh, just know now that they associate Hanukkah with the possibility of getting a puppy. Uh, and so that is very alive and very present in my house. But one of the things that I love about the song, in addition to um, what you shared, uh, is that it, it emphasizes um, the diversity that uh, exists and is, is prevalent within the Jewish community, but is so often um, ignored, whitewashed in much um, Jewish depiction and self-depiction uh, in popular culture. So the, the, the video features primarily uh, people of color, presumably Jews of color, David Diggs himself, a Jew of color. Um, and uh, uh, and so, you know, emphasizing the um, the the, the uh, prevalence of uh, and diver- uh, people of color within the Jewish community, diversity in the Jewish community, um, I think is really really important. Really and, important. And so needed. Really really important. And again, it wasn't uh, equating Hanukkah to, to Christmas as so many of the um, experiences of Hanukkah and pop culture do. Like this is the Jewish. Christmas, that's right. It, it, it's talked about lighting the Hanukkah. It's saying the blessings uh, with the uh, proper nigun. I thought it, w- it was spot on. And listen, David Diggs could do no wrong. I'm I'm watching Snowpiercer on TNT. I'm a Hamilton fan. Uh, I, I'm a fan of, you know, uh, Blindspot. Anything you want to do that he does. I'll, I'll watch. Yeah, well, listen, I, I think it helps that David Diggs is himself, you know, a real life human puppy. Um, he's, he's just so uh, adorable and lovable. Um, uh, and and of course, like the song itself just slaps. I mean, it's just a great slaps. song. Uh, you know, but I, I, I think it's interesting that you point out that it doesn't, uh, you know, buy into this line of thinking that makes Hanukkah the Jewish Christmas. And yet it's essentially a song about the presence that you receive on Hanukkah. I mean, it does have the blessings. It has other things in it, but it doesn't talk about the meaning of Hanukkah. And I mean, I can kind of put aside for a second the, you know, I'll put a pin in the fact that like, I think Hanukkah is kind of, I don't know, it's not my faith, let's just say, uh, in terms of like what it what it means. Um, but- uh, Wow. Uh, <laughs> uh, we can get into that another time, but, um, but- you know, if I'm not, if I'm celebrating that is as, at Rabbi Knopf on Twitter, K N O P. Join with join with me, all you Hanukkah haters out there. Um, but listen, if if we're gonna say if we're gonna celebrate something as uh, as talking about the significance of a holiday beyond its association, you know, its its association on the calendar with Christmas, um, I don't know if Puppy for Hanukkah really does that. Listen, I think Puppy for Hanukkah, for there to be a, a you know, we watch Disney Channel regularly in our home. Uh, and now, as uh, as Mike and I have talked about uh, many times, just stream Disney Plus regularly in our home uh, for a random music video, which happens a lot on Disney Channel. They have like these three or four minutes music video interludes in between shows to show up on screen and for it to be about Hanukkah, for us to not have to look for it. Uh, as we often would have to do, uh, right? I, I think, Mike, you mentioned the Rugrats Hanukkah episode was most celebrated because for most of our childhood, that was the only 
children's show, children's cartoon, whatever, what have you, reference to Hanukkah at all. And, and so we felt like we had to put it on this pedestal, even though it was pretty good. We had to celebrate it a, as a result. Um, that's not what this was. This was just, it was out there uh, and it slaps and it's David Diggs and we stumbled upon it and it was perfect as a result. Um, I am of the mentality that, you know, I love Hanukkah and I don't mind the gift giving aspect of it. I don't mind the commercialization aspect of it. You know, I, I had a congregant who once asked me, we do a manure lighting in town uh, every year. And um, well, the menorah is not next to where the town holiday tree is, which is a Christmas tree, even though they call it a holiday tree, uh, it, it in many ways serves the same purpose. Uh, and they said, so what, what's the point of doing that? Aren't we just equating it to, to Christmas? I said, I want my own kids, but I also want the kids in my community at a time when uh, all you see is Christmas. I want them to see this giant menorah and be comforted that their holidays are important too. I don't care that's a minor festival. Like we're not asking them to build a sukkah in, in the middle of town. That would be right. awesome. Uh but I want them to be comforted that at a time when everything is Christmas related, that there is uh, a, a menorah that they could uh, see is shining brightly in the center of town. Yeah, I think that that's really nice. I mean, I, I uh, you know, I, I think there's also an, an aspect of Hanukkah, of course, uh, which is, you know, we, we, we uh, put our menorah, we're supposed to traditionally put our menorahs on public display, um, have them visible in our windows at the very least. Um, if we can, um, for the for the idea of Pirsume Nisa, that uh, that we publicize the miracle of Hanukkah, that we you know that that we that we remind the world, you know, we're we're the ones who remind the world that God is present in the world, um, that uh, that light has the capacity to triumph over darkness, and 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 so on and so forth. So there is you know there is a religious significance to having publicly visible menorahs beyond just the competition with Christmas. And, and to be fair, like I, you know, I, I just, uh, this is coming from someone who like literally just bought their kids Christmas pajamas because um, <laughs> uh, the Hanukkah pajamas were sold out in the store. Um, but, you know, I actually have no problem with, with there being Christmas all around us. Um, I think Christmas decorations, music, uh, all of that is really beautiful. I don't need Hanukkah to be front and center during the Christmas season. I think that the desire to have Hanukkah um, in, enjoy a place um, of prominence along with Christmas is mostly well-intentioned. Um, but for me, like it, it just, it reinforces this idea that, that, you know, that A, Hanukkah is the Jewish Christmas, which is not, and, and B, that Hanukkah is our attempt to compete with Christmas, which, um, first of all, if that's our attempt, it's a really weak attempt. Um, but, but that to me is not like, we don't compete with Christmas with Hanukkah. Like my kids can, well, can well, of enjoy the Christmas all around them and still be very proud of being Jewish because they have not only Hanukkah, but they have Rosh Hashanah and Sukkot and Pesach. They have, right, their, their Jewishness is more than just whether or not there are also blue and white lights around the city. Yes, yes, absolutely. But I want to acknowledge that your kids also have a parent who's a rabbi, as do mine, that Judaism, um, Judaism is um, 
prevalent in your children's home, right? Not just by celebrating Shabbat every week, um, but ritually and, and, and brachot that are set in the house, right? My kids are singing the, the bedtime Shema. I, I hope that that is the case for so many of our families, but uh, I would argue that it's not. I'm actually going to throw you a curveball, Mike, uh, because another song that I want to bring up, um, and then I'll turn to you, but uh, one of my favorite uh, examples of Hanukkah in pop culture, um, parental guidance. Um, uh, th th this is suggested that this is a uh, from South Park, Mr. Hanky, the Christmas Pooh uh, episode way, way back when. Uh, I think Kyle. Uh, it's hard to be a Jew on Christmas. Speaks yeah. volumes about exactly what I'm talking about. It's hard to be a Jew on Christmas. My friends won't let me join in any games. Right, that when that song came out on that South Park episode, not only was I laughing hysterically at, at the inappropriate humor of the episode, um, but it was spot on. I mean, it's how I often feel as a, or at least as a kid felt, as a Jew, not being able to do X, Y, and Z, because we could talk about the separation of church and state all we want, but we live in a Christian society in America. Yeah, it's so funny though. I never felt that way growing up. And I didn't grow up in a particularly religious household. I mean, you grew up in a rabbi's household, right? And went to uh, and went to Jewish schools. Like I, I never felt left out of Christmas. Um, I, first of all, I liked being the one who knew that Santa Claus wasn't real and, and made it my business to tell everybody. Uh, but I don't know that, that, that whole, I, I liked that episode of South Park too. Um, but I, uh, I never felt, first of all, that like the kids won't let me join in any games. It's not no, like kids it's, will play it's, Christmas it's, games and like, wouldn't let me join because I was Jewish. And so like, I, it's not like I like opted out of them because I was Jewish. It's not, about feel, it's not about feeling left out. Listen, I can enjoy Christmas carols. I can enjoy, I can enjoy Christmas music. I can enjoy we like driving around town and seeing the Christmas lights. But I also am very set in my own observance and belief in Jewish practice. So I can do so um, and be perfectly content saying and telling my kids that this is their holiday and this is their practice and we could admire it and observe what they're doing and enjoy it while saying that it's not our own. I think for most Jewish Americans um, where they may not have the same, I'm going to venture a guess and say they may not have the same connection relationship to Judaism that two rabbis do that they may be yearning for the prevalence of their own holidays. So to see that menorah in the town square burning brightly, I think is a powerful example, even if it's a minor holiday to see David Diggs song you know, playing randomly on the Disney channel in the same way, you know, Frosty the Snowman is playing on TBS or a Christmas story is playing or something like that. That's an important, you know, for my children to see. Well, so I, I guess that there's a couple of like things I want to uh, reflect on about that. I mean, the first is, you know, I wonder if 
to the point that your congregant was making, right? Um, and again, like I think that uh, putting up a menorah in the town square is a beautiful thing. I, I admire and in some ways I'm jealous of you that, that you're that you're uh, doing that in your in your town. Something that we well, we have a big menorah outside of the synagogue, but it's not in the town square. Um, but uh, I, I wonder if um, emphasizing Hanukkah in the way we do um, doesn't do two things. You know, the first is um, it gives permission to people who otherwise have a very thin um, connection to the rest of their Judaism to perpetuate that thin connection with the rest of their Judaism, because, you know, because like what we, what we, what we reinforce to them is that, yeah, your holiday, this holiday during Christmas time is just as significant as everybody else's holiday during Christmas time. And, and like, you can feel good about being Jewish by having your menorah in the town square. Um, I, no, I no, what, no. I wonder what it would look like. Hold on one second. Uh, I wonder what it would, I wonder what it would look like if instead of Instead of doing that, we we doubled down on pa- on Pesach. We doubled down on Sukkot. Um, we we and we we uh, put more um, focus on um, on on fleshing out uh, people's Jewish connections and Jewish experiences in in such a way that they didn't need that on uh, during Christmas time. So that's that's number one. Um, and, and number two is, um, is that, you know, uh, the, uh, the, the, the presence of something like a puppy for Hanukkah in, in pop culture, the Rugrats Hanukkah special, right. Uh, on some level, their, their very significance lies in their scarcity. Um, so, you know, uh, I don't think that most, uh, Christians, um, feel, uh, feel especially like feel more connected to their own celebration of the holiday because Christmas is present in pop culture. Um, I, I, I think that that's just white noise, right? It's the way pop culture kind of like speaks to the general audience because most people watching it are either Christian or, or are of Christian heritage. So, so if you're going to set something during the month of December, like, of course, it's going to have a Christmas theme. It's, it's the, it's, it's the backdrop. Um, it's not the, it's not the message. Sure. I would say most Christians in this country don't see Christmas as a religious holiday, right. even though you can argue that, uh, right, Christmas, um, maybe Easter, right, it, are, are those holy days for, 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 for Christians, uh, the most holy days. Um, but it's still comforting for it to be prevalent. I agree with you. Listen, we have, we push Sukkot as a celebration every year. and. Uh, well, building a sukkah is often seen as a high barrier uh, ritual. It actually could be a beautiful home low barrier ritual. This past year, we've had more congregants who built Sukkot than ever before. Um, and, and it's amazing, incredible. I think Sukkot would be a much more celebrated holiday if it wasn't days after Yom Kippur and there was like this high holiday burnout going on. That being yeah. said, I think no matter what, as long as Christmas is celebrated the way it is, Hanukkah is going to be celebrated. Listen, look at Israel. 
Hanukkah is not a minor festival in Israel where everybody is Jews, right? They right. celebrate it appropriately, but they still have holiday lights all over Jerusalem and, and Tel Aviv. And you still have the craziest Sufgan Yot that I've ever seen in bakeries. They're still going all out. And yes, is this a minor festival according to Halakha? Sure, it's not a Chag. It's not one of the Shalosh Regalim, right? But it, it's still pretty awesome to be able to celebrate it in pop culture and in the public sphere. Right. So um, I'll, I'll bring up my, uh, a, you know, my first uh, um, item, which is, which is related, which is um, probably my favorite episode of friends uh, called the one with the holiday armadillo uh, season seven, episode 10. If you're keeping score, uh, it is the one where Ross, uh, 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 who is Jewish, Ross Geller, who is Jewish, um, has a son, Ben, with his uh, first wife, um, and uh, wants Ben to um, appreciate uh, his Jewish identity. Um, and so, like, really wants him to embrace and, uh, and, and celebrate Hanukkah. Uh, and, uh, but Ben, um, you know, who's a little kid at this time, you know, is, uh, it, you know, just, just, is excited about Christmas. Christmas is everywhere. Everybody around him is celebrating Christmas. His mom is uh, celebrates Christmas. Um, you you know you get Santa and presents on Christmas. And so Ross is like trying to make Hanukkah exciting and to tell him the story of Hanukkah, uh, but can't find uh, a, a, a like costume uh, to uh, uh, to communicate this. So he um, uh, so uh, uh, so first. He decides, okay, well, I'm just going to dress it's up as Santa. It's me, the Hanukkah armadillo. So first, he, he wants to dress up as Santa to, like, to, um, to you know, make Ben feel special on Christmas. Uh, but he can't find a Santa costume uh, in New York that last minute. So he gets an armadillo costume. Uh, and then, like you said, Jesse, you know, shows up and he says, it's, it's me, the, ho the holiday armadillo. Uh, and proceeds to tell Ben the story or tries several times to tell Ben the story of Hanukkah. Ben keeps on not really being interested in it, uh, but, but ultimately is able to tell the story of Hanukkah once all the friends uh, gather around. And then there's this great part, you know, the like stinger at the end is um, uh, um, Chandler uh, sitting in his Santa costume with with Joey, uh, who's wearing a Superman costume, and uh, saying saying, you know, I, my favorite part was when uh, Superman flew all the Jews out of Egypt. Um, so, but it's it's a related idea, right? And it's picking up on this on on this very theme that um, this is you know particularly true uh, in uh, you know in in a Jewish community where the where the norm um, is increasingly uh, blended families of, uh, of of one Jewish parent and one parent from a different background, um, and therefore children who are brought up uh, with. Um, uh, with multiple traditions, and that adds a different wrinkle in what you're saying. Uh, what, what you were bringing up, Jesse, is not just, um, you know, as a Jewish person, uh, how to uh, feel proud of and embrace your traditions, to feel represented, uh, to feel seen in the popular culture, uh, but also as somebody uh, with a with a mixed background. Um, how to uh, how to uh, embrace Judaism in that context altogether, uh, or and or if you are um, uh, being raised to um, to, to uh, embrace both of your parents' traditions in, in one way, shape, or form, um, how do you how do you uh, um, how do you make Hanukkah? Uh, relevant, meaningful, um, when it is inevitably competing with Christmas just in the household. 
Right. You know, I think Ross Geller or, or Monica Geller are the, those prime examples, right? Americans, uh, Jewish Americans, right? Living in America in the, in this case, the, the late 90s, I guess, early 2000s, um, which, by the way, if you're rewatching Friends on HBO Max, um, which I invite you to do. My wife and I are doing that right now. It's still funny. And we're laughing a lot, partially because we remember every single line. I'm not sure it holds up and I'm not sure it's a show that would be made uh, in, in this era. Uh, no, definitely a, lot, not. a lot of the jokes are pretty homophobic, uh, yeah. are, are, are pretty misogynistic, um, transphobic, transphobic, phobic. Um, phobic. A, a lot of it, uh, it's pretty white. <laughs> Hashtag Friends so white, friends so white, yeah. Um, but but it's amazing, I, it's amazing that in the world of friends, there there are uh, no black people right, in New York City, right? But uh, but but they're living in New York City, right? They're they're living in the largest Jewish community uh, in America, and uh, they don't have a Rosh Hashanah episode, right? They they don't have a Pesach episode, but they do when they talk about a holiday time. Bring in that they do observe Hanukkah and that then all of a sudden is important to Ross only when he has a child of his own and wants to pass that on to, to his children. And I think that's exactly what I was talking about that wanting him to know that Hanukkah is important too, that his holidays are important too, not just Christmas. But compare that with, I know we weren't going to talk about it, but compare it with the Rugrats Hanukkah episode, which is, you know, like, uh, like the world of friends takes place in a blended family, right? Uh, where uh, uh, Stu Pickles is not Jewish, Dee Dee Pickles uh, is Jewish, uh, and th- they are not, um, they're celebrating Hanukkah um, to celebrate Hanukkah. The non-Jewish members of their family are joining in the Hanukkah celebration and going to synagogue together. Um, uh, it's not it's not set up as a competition with Christmas. It's not set up as, um, as a let's, you know, um, uh, let, let's, let's show how significant our holiday is, you know, in relation to the non-Jewish holiday. Um, it's, um, it's, you know, let's show why this holiday is meaningful and special full stop. Um, and I, I think that that's uh, a, a different, orientation, a different approach. I think ultimately, you know, I laugh harder at the Friends episode, which is why I brought it as, as my favorite. Um, can't get over the holiday on Armadillo. It's great. Uh, but I, I don't know, you know, the, the, the choice the Rugrats creators made was to just celebrate Hanukkah, to tell the story of Hanukkah. And by the way, to tell it in, a, in like a really rich way. I mean, they tell the story of Hanukkah in a really rich way that they certainly don't do in Friends. And David Diggs doesn't do in Puppy for Hanukkah and so on. Well, because part, part of the issue is that I, I would argue I, I'm okay with that because the story that we often tell is not the right story, right? That that the, the oil lasting for eight days is the Jewish equivalent to Santa Claus, right? I'm not sure that that's the story I would want people uh, that, that we tell Ooh, children. Woof. Um, woof. Right. That, 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 that's not the story. The story is complex. If you really want to talk about the story, the story is wanna, talking about assimilation versus or acculturation versus religious extremism and, and zealotry, right? I don't know if I want my kids being like the Maccabees, uh, yeah, but right. I don't want my kids assimilating. Um, and if we really want to talk more about how difficult the Hanukkah story is, it's really not Maccabees versus Assyrian Greeks. It's a civil war. It's Jew versus right. Jew and trying right. to figure out what, 
what the future of Judaism will look like. Will it be assimilation and acculturation? Will it be uh, holding on to our rites and our rituals and our traditions? I would argue the way I practice Judaism as a Jew living in America proudly, it's a little bit of both. Well, right. I mean, I mean, that's, that's the truth is in the, I mean, you know, looking, looking on at those Maccabees a little bit further down the line. Um, the truth is that, that they end up embracing both too. They, they become, you know, Hellenistic Jews as well, or at least their, their descendants do. So yeah, I, I agree with you a hundred percent. Although I, I did find it a little bit ironic that you, you know, so quick to move away from the, um, uh, the, the oil and lights story as the author of a children's book about the menorah and its lights. Oh yeah. I should have talked about that pop culture. <laughs> Hashtag Plug. The, Plug. The, the littlest candle, Plug it, Jesse. The, the littlest candle Kalani Oat books uh, that uh, my father and I talked about. It's about the ritual of lighting the menorah and the shamash, uh, the, the, the littlest candle, the shamash uh, actually being humble and being chosen to be the Shamash. I'm all about the ritual. I love lighting the, the menorah. I love that uh, at Bethel, we had a DIY uh, Hanukkah workshop uh, a week before Hanukkah where we invited families to make their own Hanukkiot, their own Hanukkah menorahs. Um, I love that. That's one of those rituals where uh, each of our children choose to light a different menorah every night. Uh, one is a robot menorah and one is a nail polish menorah and one's an emoji menorah. You know, I love all of that, but yeah, the, the oil lasting for eight days, that's kind of like Santa Claus. It's a, it's a made up story that, that, that we, we barely see in rabbinic tradition. In fact, well, but, ritual, but we say we it's the only see. thing we see, but it's the only thing of Hanukkah we see in rabbinic tradition. No, of course, but I'm saying Hanukkah is bar- we barely find in rabbinic tradition. It's 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 a tangent when we're talking about lighting Shabbat candles. There's a tangent about lighting Hanukkah candles in there. Um, that's how minor of a minor festival it is. But it, it just goes to show that it, just because we make it a major festival, that doesn't mean we're doing a disservice to it. We can still make it a major festival. Right. You know, so that, that brings me, I, I know we're going out of order here, but, uh, but that reminds me of my second pick, which is, uh, which is new. Um, and it's the, um, the first episode of the second series of uh, Padma Lakshmi's show, Taste the Nation, which we uh, talked about last year. Um, if you hit that subscribe button, then get, you will know review. our review of the first season of Taste the Nation. Which was a great show and a story about- Right. And a story about how, you know, how the immigrant experience has shaped America and how America shapes the immigrant experience. And so there's an episode on on Hanukkah and um, and and how, uh, you know, this this essentially minor holiday becomes a significant holiday uh, for, for the Jewish people, largely because of the immigrant experience in America um, and how uh, and how that really helped to crystallize Jewish identity um, in America, both in ter- both because of the meaning of the holiday, right? This tension between um, assimilation and holding on to traditions that creates this kind of like unique Jewish story in America, um, of which you and I are both a part, um, uh, and also because of the um, uh, the ritual itself. Um, being, you know, becoming kind of uh, symbolic of, uh, of, of, you know, Jewish flourishing um, during uh, really difficult times. Yeah, I would, al- I would also say, um, not talking about food specifically, but the ritual of the menorah, no different than the, the 
the like lights of a Christmas tree or, or, or anything like that. Or even uh, we have neighbors who, which I think is beautiful. They place a, a, one candle in each of the windows of their home, uh, which if I, I celebrated Christmas, I, I, I'd probably prefer that decoration. Although knowing me, I'd have like all of Santa's reindeer, you know, bright LED lights in my yard, probably. Um, it's, there, there is still something beautiful about wanting to celebrate about adding light to the world right. during this winter solstice and the darkest point in the season that we need to add light. Right. Uh, yeah. And I think that that's uh, really powerful. And it's also one of the, like you said, I mean, it's, I think one of the points of connection between uh, Judaism and Christianity that, um, uh, that, that maybe is not emphasized enough during this time, right? We're, you know, we're so quick to say like, like we have a, we have a religion too, and we have holidays too, um, rather than saying, um, you know, here's what actually both of our traditions are saying right now. Um, we're saying that, you know, we're, we're celebrating a holiday of light during the darkest time of the year to remember that our job is to add light to, uh, to, to all the places where the world is dark, right? And to, to remember hope when hope seems to be lost. Um, and I think that that's, uh, that's reality. Now, the, the other thing, of course, like you mentioned, that I love about uh, uh, Taste the Nation in general, and the Jewish episode in particular, is talking about the food. And, you know, how can you uh, talk about uh, Hanukkah without talking about latkes and sufganiyot? And uh, she, you know, veers off to talk about all sorts of other Jewish uh, delicacies. Um, so that's, that to me is probably the, the, the best part of Hanukkah is, is the food. And the great latke, hamantashen debate, to me, it's no, no contest. Um, yeah, I, I would argue, right. You go to, like I said, you go to Israel and it's actually have a hard time finding latkes. You, you see lots of sufgan but yeah. because listen, I, I'd much rather have fried dough than fried potato. Uh, but it really speaks to where and in, if I'm in a savory mood or a sweet where, mood, where in the world that you, you reside. I think the idea of laka is just more about the Ashkenazi normalization of, of, of the Ashkenazi community, much of this country. We have a, a, a friend um, who, um, her family comes from South America and, uh, she brings different fried foods, uh, to, to each day uh, of her Hanukkah celebration from South America. And, and it's beautiful. And I gotta tell you much better than, than latkes. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm not, I'm not so down on latkes. I, I, I love a good fried potato. Uh, and, um, but you know, I think the, the Laka and, and uh, uh, Padma Lakshmi uh, points this out in, in the show that, you know, the Laka originates in Italy as a fried cheese dish um, and becomes a potato dish uh, among the, the Jews of Poland because that's what they had, uh, or of Eastern Europe, because they had potatoes, they didn't have, uh, they didn't have ricotta cheese. Uh, so, and, 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 you know, that points out the way in which, um, uh, you know, assimilation is actually um, a, a blessing in Jewish history uh, because we can adapt our practices, our traditions, our rituals um, to fit the context that we're in. We can accept the best of the of the world in which we are, are, are situated and bring and make it Jewish. Right? It's not so much that the outside world makes us less Jewish. We can take the outside world and make that more Jewish. Yeah, I, I think I think that's that's fair, right? And we look at the different foods based on the world that uh, that 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 we live in. Um, while I'm talking about songs, Mike, if I could talk about, uh, of course, the the famous Adam Sandler's Hanukkah song, um, and uh, 
I think when we talk about Hanukkah songs and pop culture, you can't talk about pop culture without talking about that. Hanukkah is the festival of lights. Instead of one day of presents, we have eight, eight crazy nights. But when you feel like the only kid in town without a Christmas tree, here's a list of people who are Jewish, just, just like, like you, you and me. And me. You know, um, there are like, I think, four or five versions of, of Adam Sandler's Hanukkah song. And it's not so much a Hanukkah song, uh, although it does talk about, you know, um, spinning the dreidel and, and lighting the menorah and, and does talk about the rituals of Hanukkah. It's mostly a list of famous people who are Jewish. Um, but again, it speaks to this idea that I talked about before, like when you feel like the only kid in town without a Christmas tree, right. specifically geared towards kids who are who, who feel, especially during the Christmas season, we're reminded of what it means to be a minority. And while I think it's a blessing to be a minority, I think it strengthens my Jewish identity. I understand how it is somewhat hard. I remember watching this for the first time. Uh, we actually had friends over for Hanukkah uh, for a Saturday night Hanukkah celebration. And I was in, I think, fifth grade at the time. It was 94. And we begged my our parents to let us stay up late to watch Saturday Night Live because if I remember correctly, Green Day were the musical guests. And, and you know, this was this was Dookie fame, right? So we wanted to watch Green Day perform uh, as a musical guest of SNL. And then when Adam Sandler performed this, uh, my mouth was open forever and I couldn't stop smiling. I was like so excited that SNL had this like three, four minute song during weekend updates, uh, rest in peace, or McDonald during yeah. weekend updates, singing about Hanukkah and famous Jews. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think first of all, it's, it's hard to, um, forget that, you know, at the time, um, Jewish performers didn't really do, I mean, there were obviously Jews who performed, you know, very self-consciously Jewishly, right. Like Mel, Mel Brooks and things like that, but they didn't really do like, uh, Jewish religious stuff. They tried to mainstream um, themselves, right? And so, so this was this was something like uh, you know really um, I don't know in, in its way courageous and uh, and ahead of its time that Adam Sandler was was doing of of centering um, his Jewishness in in that way beyond just like you know um, a cultural kind of you know uh, Yiddishy um, uh, humor like like Mel Brooks. Um, so that, that was significant. And it's right, like, it's, you know, this is like the larger stage for a young right. comedian, right. Uh, arguably an old comedian even. And he was showing how proud he was to be Jewish on right. the largest. And, you know, and, and it, it's silly, right. In some way to say, you know, here, here are all these famous Jews, but you know, it's like, it's so often said representation matters, right. So that, so I, I think that that's, that's true is that um, people being able to see that they are not alone. Right. Um, in what might feel otherwise like a lonely time, um, especially if you live in a place like like my kids are growing up in where they're very much in the minority. Right. My 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 son and daughter are, I think. If they're not the only Jews in their class in public school, they are uh, maybe one of two Jews in their class in public school. Right. So they're very much in the minority. Um, right. And then the flip and, side, my kids go to a Jewish day school where most of their friends are Jewish. 
Right. So the, so the idea that like that, you know, that, that they're not alone is, uh, is, is, uh, I, I think, um, meaningful. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, I thought it was, I thought, you know, I, I went to a Jewish day school, right. Going up too. So like, it wasn't quite, it didn't have the same punch, I think to, for me, I just thought it was, you know, funny to hear, uh, Adam Sandler, you know, sing about all those, uh, famous Jews, you know, put, you know Paul Newman is half Jewish and Goldie Hawn have to put them together. What a fine looking Jew here. And now I'm going to come to my next one. Harrison Ford's a quarter Jewish, not too shabby. Um, my, Third uh, pop culture um, Hanukkah representation is a little bit of a fudge, uh, but I'm going to share it anyway. It's Star Wars. It's Star Wars. That may not be a secret to uh, all you pop culture uh, fans out there, uh, but because um, I'm kind of a, a Star Wars head, but to me, Star Wars is the um, embodiment of the Hanukkah story, even if it's not self-consciously a Hanukkah story. Um, Are you about, talking about the 1978 famous Star Wars holiday special? Uh, or the more recent Lego Star Wars holiday special, which is excellent. Um, I don't know if they're, I, I haven't seen the original 1978 uh, Star Wars holiday special. It's hard to find, uh, yeah. but I don't think Mo that Most Hanukkah people haven't, and I'm pretty sure George Lucas is trying to keep it that way. Yeah, um, I, I don't think like, Hanukkah um, factors into it, but but in any case, like you know, what is Star Wars about? It's about the triumph of light over dark. Um, it is about a, a small uh, band of resistance fighters uh, trying to topple an evil empire, um, and that is you know at, at its core what uh, what we what we tell in the Hanukkah story, the, 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 the uh, need for hope in a dark time, uh, the, um, the, the presence of the miraculous, um, uh, if we're willing to, um, to, to believe in it, um, all of that, including, by the way, you know, what I love that uh, happens in the sequel series in, in episode seven through nine is this idea that, you know, um, Things aren't always happily ever after, after the heroes win, which is exactly what happens in the real Hanukkah story as well. Uh, the the uh, Maccabees, the Hasmoneans make a, make a real mess of it, um, which results in uh, ultimately in Roman occupation, um, in uh, destruction and, uh, and, uh, and ex exile. So, um, so that's and, really right. If we really want to focus on the Hanukkah story being a civil war of Jew versus Jew, uh, this, uh, Hellenism versus religious zealotry. Uh, it, it is important to note that Darth Vader is Anakin Skywalker, one of the gift, most gifted Jedi's there was, and he goes over to the dark side. Uh, that it's not just you know the 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 light side versus the dark side. It's that there are those who were Jedi's that became Siths. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I, I think about. If I want to teach my kids about Hanukkah, I would show them Star Wars in the same way that, like, I don't really want to tell the original Hanukkah story. I would much rather read them Herschel and the Hanukkah Goblins and say, like, this is the definitive Hanukkah story. Or read them The Littlest Candle by or Rabbi Jesse Olitsky and Rabbi Kerry Olitsky. Hashtag son and father. Yeah, it, as as you know, I have I have uh, thoughts and opinions about the littlest candle. Uh, I, I, um, I do, I, I do. Um, <laughs> uh, no, it's it's really great. Everybody should uh, go out and get a copy, share it with your kids. It's really a delight. Um, Jesse, in in the last couple minutes we have, what's your uh, third pop culture Hanukkah experience? My mine was the, the Hanukkah song. Uh, the the the. Adam there was Sandler one more Hanukkah that you were going to talk I was about. Gonna, right? I, I was also going to talk about which I think. Uh, uh, we're we're just about out of out of time, but I still think it's it's worth noting um, the uh, 
the most recent Hallmark Channel movie, Love Lights Hanukkah, uh, which came out last year. Uh, I usually don't watch Hallmark Channel movies, uh, believe it or not, but Big because news. it was a Hanukkah pandemic uh, and there was, you know, I quickly ran out of stuff to stream. This was before Disney Plus started streaming uh, Marvel shows on Disney Plus. I figured it was worth watching. Um, and it's interesting in that, again, it connects Hanukkah to Christmas a little bit too much, but the story itself uh, is a story in which it talks about a, a woman who is there to celebrate Christmas during Christmas time. Uh, it's essentially a Christmas movie with a Jewish spin, um, but in it, she finds out through a, like a 23andMe test that she is actually genetically Jewish, and so she begins to discover uh, that side of herself by celebrating Hanukkah and again meets none other than Ben Savage, Corey Matthews, and falls in love with him. Uh, you know, like all Hallmark movies, it has to be a love story. Girl meets Hanukkah. Um, well, uh, however you are celebrating Hanukkah, what first of all, share with us your favorite pop culture Hanukkah moments, and however you're celebrating Hanukkah, we hope that you have a uh, happy and healthy and light-filled holiday. Hey, Mike. Yeah, Jesse. What did the menorah say when it was done recording a YouTube video? I don't know. What? Shamash that like button. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, I am Rabbi Michael Knopf. And I am Rabbi Jesse Olitsky. Chag Urim Sameach. Happy Hanukkah, everyone. <laughs>